0: To the Megan in the Morning podcast. We're glad you're here. Please store your belongings in the seat pocket in front of you. And remember, you can catch Megan live weekdays on 107.7 The Beat. Enjoy the ride.
1: Good morning and happy Tuesday. It's Megan. Really looking forward to the latter half of the show today. Aaron Schweitzer is coming in to join me. He is the publisher of The Source Weekly. So I have so many questions for him about, you know, why did he start The Source? You know, tell me all the background of the whole thing. And then, of course, uh, the key words of this last year, psilocybin, now hiring all positions affordable housing, all of these are big hitting topics I want to chat about and ask kind of what the the future looks like. What can we project as some keywords for this next upcoming year? It'll be a lot of fun having Aaron in the studio, the publisher of The Source Weekly, and you're more than welcome to join in in the conversation anytime. You can always go to um, our Instagram, 1077thebeat, shoot a question in and I'll make sure to ask Aaron all about it as he comes in to join me. Hopefully, you're waking up feeling great. Happy Tuesday. Your daily newsbeat is next, plus a check of that forecast. All the hits, 1077 the beat. Good morning, it's Megan. Let's take a look at today's newsbeat. The weekend COVID 19 numbers aren't yet available for Deschutes County, but the Oregon Health Authority reported more than 3,000 cases here Tuesday through Friday. St. Charles is reporting 59 COVID patients. There are five patients in intensive care, none are fully vaccinated, four are on ventilators. Also, more than 1,000 Ben Lapine school students and 100 staff members were out last week due to COVID. But the district district's leader says it'll stay business as usual in schools for as long as possible, despite the rising case counts. In a Friday email to family, Superintendent Dr. Steve Cook says the goal is to keep schools open for in-person learning. Taking a look at the forecast today, it's pretty brisk out there. Uh, you might have to... Uh, scrape your windshields there's definitely some frost all over the place at least in the north end of bend uh looks like our highs today will be in the upper 40s pretty darn clear this morning with a mostly cloudy afternoon um and it looks like even might even see this beautiful sunset the last couple nights with sunsets have been just amazing right the sun is setting just before five o'clock tonight overnight lows tonight in the mid 30s currently in bend 34 29 in prineville and 30 in sisters a couple of my friends are expecting this uh, next year, which is really exciting for them. Can't wait for a bunch of little babies running around. But I was talking to one of them recently and asked if they had any names picked out. She let me know that they do, but they're planning on waiting to find out if it's a boy or a girl. And then, of course, when the baby is born is when they will announce the name. Rather than giving people an idea of a name ahead of time, she said it might open the possibility of someone sharing their opinion about the name that she doesn't really want to hear. And I totally get that now. Um, just to piggyback on that story with another one this one woman um she is man everybody on social media is ripping her apart because of what she decided to name her baby and i mean i got to say it's her baby she can choose to name it whatever she wants so we'll talk more about this I, i'm not going to i'm not going to lie though this this name's pretty unique <laughs> we'll talk more about it next all the hits 1077 the beat So we're just talking about how one of my friends, they're they're waiting to announce the baby's name until the baby is born uh, because they don't want everybody's opinion butting in and changing their mind. And I totally get that. You know, some people just can't help themselves to give some certain opinion. Oh, I knew a blank back in high school and they were a jerk. And of course, the, the new mom would be like, that's a great story for you, but that's not very helpful for me trying to name this new baby. Now, this British woman, get this, she went on um, a really popular talk show and her name is Josie Barnes. She introduced her new baby, uh, baby boy, and she introduced the baby as Lucifer. Now, before going on this talk show, obviously, she posted a picture of her newborn baby, welcome to the world, Lucifer, and she got so much flack for it. It spread all through the social media waves and you name it. So then, of course, she, she became pretty darn popular and this talk show wanted to interview her about why she chose Lucifer. Lucifer. She said that she was receiving hate mail and death, death threats. She said... I had a couple of family members saying, You can't call him that. But I said, I'm not religious. So it doesn't stand for what other people think it stands for. And apparently, translated literally, Lucifer actually means morning star, not spawn of Satan. I mean, we learn something new every single day, but this, this one is definitely a unique name, and it kind of reminds me of the time I had a license plate with 666 on the back. I didn't even think about it at the DMV, and the guy was kind of tickled to give it to me, just was really kind of, um, like, excited about it, and I had, sure, I'll take that one. Well, it's almost like every other time I went to the gas station, the gas attendant would say, oh, riding with the devil, and I'm like, yep, that's me. Aaron Spitzer, the publisher of The Source Weekly, coming in to join me in about an hour or so. And so there's plenty of time if you would like to ask Aaron a question about The Source, about maybe some keywords that happened over this last year from psilocybin to, you know, are now hiring all positions wave of of events that happened over the summer I think people are still hiring quite a bit though right so see lots of things to chat about chat to Aaron about and you're more than welcome to join in you can go to our Instagram you can email me meg at 1077 the beat anything to Aaron Schweitzer of the the source weekly it's going to be a lot of fun also, before he joins in, uh, let's chat about Betty White turning hundred yesterday and how everybody celebrated. Oh, sweet Betty White! I mean, I just got the People magazines from my mom because she always gives them to me after she gets done reading them, and they're all about Betty White, which is pretty sweet. Also, um, Valentine's Day is a little less than a month away, and if that means anything to you, wonderful. And if it doesn't, it makes you cringe. Man, do I have a fun story for you right around seven forty-five. Your daily news meets next, plus a check your forecast. All the hits, 107.7 The Beat. Good morning, it's Megan. Let's take a look at today's news beat. More than 1,000 Ben LaPine school students and 100 staff members were out last week due to COVID, but the district's leader says it'll stay business as usual in schools for as long as possible, despite the rising case counts. In a Friday email to families, Superintendent Dr. Steve Cook says the goal is to keep schools open for in-person learning. Also, discover winter forest wonders and become a junior snow ranger. Kids ages 7 to 11 are invited to free programming that promotes a lifelong learning about the winter environment. Hosted at Mount Bachelor, the Junior Snow Ranger events run from 11 a.m. to 1.30 on Sunday, January 16th, February 20th, and March 27th. Taking a look at your forecast today, looks like a pretty gorgeous clear. It's cold outside, though, I will say that. Frost is everywhere, and Deborah and I ran this morning, and I'm still trying to thaw out. Um, but she's training for a marathon and I'm tagging along because I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> Although I'm so proud of you, Deborah. Uh, our highs today are going to be in the upper 40s. Looks like clear skies this morning. Turning into a mostly cloudy afternoon and a beautiful partly cloudy sunset right before 5 o'clock tonight. Currently in Bend, 34, 29 in Prineville and 30 in Sisters. As you probably already know, yesterday was Betty White's 100th birthday. She's a legendary actress. And you know, when she passed away, everybody that came out and everyone on my social media had something to say about Betty White in such a light, heartwarming way. Now, this one particular donkey rescue has also wanted to celebrate uh, Betty White in a special way, and they were able to do so just recently. And I'll tell you all about it coming up next. All the hits, 1077 7, the beat. So the legendary actress, Betty White, she would have turned 100 yesterday. Uh, she was just as legendary for her love of animals and a sanctuary that she supported just returned that love. Uh, this sanctuary named a baby donkey in her honor. This... Uh, rescue is called peaceful valley donkey rescue it's in texas and it made the birth announcement in a facebook post saying that betty white ludden betty for short was born on christmas day but she didn't receive her name until new year's eve hours after the human betty passed away so i mean you know you're doing pretty good if a sanctuary in the middle of texas names a donkey after you you know what i mean you know, Valentine's Day is around the corner. We have a little less than a month away before we're celebrating all things hearts and chocolates and stuffed animals. Um, but in the end of the day, I mean, you've already seen it at different stores, the the rows of Valentine's Day things. And don't get me wrong, who doesn't love chocolate in a cute box? I'm a big fan, but I'd be a big fan if I was in a relationship or not. The fact is, too, if you're like, absolutely sick of Valentine's Day. You hate when it comes around. You're not a fan. Um, Get ready for what Etsy is doing to have your back. I'll tell you all about it next. All the hits, 1077 The Beat. You're going into the stores and you're seeing in the corner of your eye, all the Valentine's Day things starting to pop up more and more. Well, it's true. It's creeping in. Valentine's Day is less than a month away. Uh, The 14th of February. Am I right? I'm pretty sure I'm right. I didn't fact check that, but I've got you just in case if I get that wrong, let me know. But okay. So if you're already sick of Valentine's Day, you're not a fan. Don't worry. Etsy has your back. The crafty company is telling customers they can opt out of getting Valentine's Day promo emails if they're newly single, permanently single, or just hate the whole holiday. Now, what's interesting, I mean, what a great idea on Etsy's part is to not like throw it in your face. That's not the audience that they want to throw Valentine's Day at if the audience doesn't want to see it. So way to go, Etsy for not just like pushing the message regardless. You're being very um, thoughtful. They were also very thoughtful around Mother's Day. They've done this exact same thing for Mother's Day for several years. So obviously, if if uh, somebody doesn't want to see Mother's Day gifts and homemade things, then they don't have to see it in a promo email that might come to your email. Now, I'm just kind of wondering, what other holidays is Etsy going to get on board with this? Are we going to get specific to every single one? Not to say I don't love Christmas and how we all get together, but the whole commercial part of it kind of drives me nuts a little bit. It's just a lot of a lot of pushing, but also a lot of great deals. So I'm torn. Really looking forward to having Aaron Schweitzer come into the studio joining me for the latter half. He is the publisher of The Source Weekly. He's famous, guys. This is really exciting. Uh, I have so many questions for him from the very beginnings of The Source Weekly to just this last year, some keywords and big, hard hitting stories, you know, the most impactful and important stories of 2021. I want to project into 2022. Let's do some forecasting into what we can expect. Really looking forward to having him in the studio to join me for the latter half of the show. If you have any questions for Aaron Schweitzer, the publisher of The Source Weekly, feel free to join in anytime. Uh, shoot me an email, Meg at 1077 The Beat, or you can go to the Instagram, 1077 The Beat, and you can shoot me a DM there. Happy to ask Aaron whatever you'd like. I mean, I'm going to trust that you're going to send me some good questions. And not throw me under the bus, okay? <laughs> Your Daily Newsbeat is next before Erin comes in to join me, as well as a check of the forecast. All the hits, 1077 The Beat. Good morning, it's Megan. Let's take a look at today's Newsbeat. On Friday, January 21st, Central Oregon Community College is hosting a career fair for early learning educators. This event is for recent graduates and for those considering a career in early education to ask questions of those in the field. The event takes place from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Bend Campus's Coates Campus Center. Also, discover winter forest wonders and become a junior snow ranger. Kids ages 7 to 11 are invited to free programming that promotes a lifelong learning about the winter environment. Hosted at Mount Bachelor, the Junior Snow Ranger events run from 11 a.m. to 1.30 on Sunday, February 20th and March 27th. Taking a look at the forecast today, looks like highs today going to be in the upper 40s. Pretty clear skies this morning, turning into a mostly cloudy afternoon and a beautiful sunset right before 5 o'clock. Our overnight lows tonight, freezing, 32 degrees. (laughs) Currently in Bend, it's 34, 30 in Prineville and 32 in Sisters. And now, Megan in the Morning listeners, it's time for a special guest. Get ready. This morning's show is getting a co-pilot. Yes, it is. Good morning and welcome to the studio yet again, Aaron Schweitzer.
0: Hey, thank you for having me, Megan. This is going to be fun.
1: It's going to be so much fun. I'm so thankful you're willing to spend your morning with me. Coming in, driving in early. And getting it started.
0: Well, we've never done we've never done this before. Never done the show, so um, I'm really excited to see what uh, what this will be like.
1: <laughs> well, as you know, I got a whole docket of fun things. We're really going to touch on the fact that Aaron Schweitzer is the publisher of The Source Weekly. So coming up next, I want to hear all about how that began, and then of course we're going to dive into kind of the year in review, those impactful and important stories of 2021. Yeah, that's
0: great. I look forward to it.
1: Good. Well, Aaron's hanging out with me for the remainder of the show. Here's Pitbull on The Beat. All the hits, 107.7 The Beat. Aaron Schweitzer, the publisher of The Source Weekly, joining me in the studio. Now, you were here just, what, a month ago talking about Central Oregon Gives. Yeah. And how well did that go?
0: Oh, that was really incredible. We raised $675,000 wow. for local nonprofits, and we had 80 participating nonprofits, and we just heard great stories about how it's made their year-end giving campaigns easier each year, and we're getting better, great. so uh, really excited about where that program's headed.
1: I'm so glad to hear it. Now, let's back up. Let's go back in time a little bit, Eric. Sure. How the heck did you start the Source Weekly, and why Bend?
0: Well, I originally was a mountain biking, rock climbing, kind of bent bum in the (laughs) mid 90s. And um, I moved to Boise and I went to grad school at Boise State and I took an not really an internship but I was working at the Boise Weekly. At the time, great publication to start off, really great crew there. and uh, But I always wanted to get back to Bend and I kept an eye on Bend and and when my uh, degree was finished then I moved back here, I had my first son and uh, <clears throat> this was a great place to bring up kids, obviously. Oh, I
1: couldn't. Everybody knows I, yes, that. Yes, right? I couldn't imagine growing up here. It'd be a magical wonderland.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, came back and started the paper in 97. Uh,
1: Wow. And you just decided I'm gonna go out. I mean, that's a big deal to start something like that. You know, you had the experience from Boise. So yeah. that obviously yeah. set you up for success coming over here to to do that here and ninety seven and it's it's grown into so much more than than just a weekly newspaper.
0: Yeah, it was really passion-driven. I can honestly say I had no business plan. I was, uh, <laughs> you know, just really loved it. Had a great time being a reporter and, uh, y- you know, talking to people. I I found it fascinating that there was this job where you could sit down with people like yourself and interesting and smart people in the community, politicians, people who are shaping the town, and, and just talk to them and, right. and, and tell their story. And uh, I also really had a desire to create a kind of career where I was going to be surrounded by like-minded people, other people who wanted to tell stories, wanted to get out there. People who are passionate about, you know, shaping the community. And, um, and it turned out, you know, it was really awesome.
1: Well, it sounds like too, I mean, I get your, um, weekly emails. Actually they're probably even they're during the week anyway. And I, I love them. And it sounds even like the people that write for the source love what they do. They really put
0: a lot of passion into it. Yeah. It's, uh, it is part of the hiring process. You got you got to <laughs> love it. But uh but they do. It's um it's yeah. it's definitely a um a, a bit of a love affair. You know, yeah. I mean, you got to like it. You're Sure. It's a stressful job. You know, you're you're constantly getting bombarded by social media now. You're, you sure. know, every everything you utter is is looked at through you know, as many readers as there are. There's as many opinions and Yeah, um, that's actually a really good point. Yep. But it also really lets you know that you're making an impact, you know, you're, you're reaching people, they, they've got their opinions. And I always say, you know, we're not, we, we don't want everybody to agree with us. We want people just to ha- get a second opinion and hey, let, let us hear it.
1: Yeah. One more question about the source then yeah. for someone who's never picked up the source weekly, what, what would they expect when they open up the newspaper?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a free weekly, you know, it's in blue boxes all over the county and um, You know, what you can expect as a feature, you know, there'll be a feature, most comprehensive calendar in Central Oregon, you know, you're going to find out what's going on, you're going to get some perspective, you know, we have an editorial in there, so we're going to tell you something about an issue every time, and... uh, (laughs) yeah well you're gonna get a big mix
1: yeah it's neat that way you really can open it up and it feels so local to it it is yeah um now as we continue the show today as we're hanging out with aaron uh we have kind of the year in review impactful and important stories of 2021 so definitely stick around all the Hits, 107.7 The Beat. Aaron Spitzer, the publisher of The Source Weekly, hanging out with me. And uh, we're beginning our impactful and important stories of 2021, especially ones you know, that you guys covered with The Source. Our first one, Aaron, you want to introduce us to it?
0: Yeah, we were going to talk about the legalization of psilocybin mushrooms.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk more about this coming up next. All the Hits, 107.7 The Beat. Psilocybin. I, it's... It's magic mushrooms. It's like, these are words you just like don't say on the radio. You know, they're pretty taboo. Next thing you know, you get an article in the source, you read it at the beginning of January, and it's all about how psilocybin is legal. Um, But as we were just kind of talking about, there's several like, you know, misconceptions with it. Now, if, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, this is all for medical, correct? It's been legalized for treatment.
0: Correct. Yeah. And I, I think that was one of the big misconceptions is, you know, as soon as the thing got on the ballot and national news media's. Is- picked it up I mean if I'm like a lot of your listeners our phones blew up from friends and family around the country what kind of crazy place is Oregon (laughs) where you know you're going to be able to buy magic mushrooms we still pick them out of the cow patties like you (laughs) know our farmer forefathers but it it really is prescribed and I think Oregon got it right in that if you're if you're going to do something like this you're going to roll it out at a, a in a very minimal way and observe it and it has shown uh, to have treatment potential, you yeah. know, and for, for mental illness. And, and so going down that path has been a, a daring move for Oregon, but I think a good one.
1: No kidding, because we're the only
0: ones. We are the only ones, yeah.
1: Which is pretty darn interesting. And I think a lot of people at first, like you were saying, really thought that this was going to be recreational. You could walk into a store. You know, just the evolution of marijuana and how it became legal. The fact that it's still illegal federally, but you can walk into a shop here in Oregon. People must think we're just a bunch of hippies out here or something.
0: Yeah, I think with, with psilocybin, it really put Oregon on the kind of on the radar as being we're different, you know, and, and, you know, California gets a lot of credit for, for being innovative, but I think being innovative on the mental health front with guardrails like this is, is pretty cool. It's, it's a pretty good calling card.
1: Now, what do they say is kind of the, the big benefit, what kind of use in mental health? So is it for just mental health that it would help that they're looking into or what other kind of avenues of, um, you know, um, what would help other people? Is it, is it just mental health? Is that the only avenue? Does that make sense? What I'm asking? <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. I mean, I don't. I'm not. You know, I did a podcast on it, and I yeah. interviewed one of the people from Oregon State University who was um, po- kind of pioneering. And and I would make a lot of jokes, you know, on in the podcast, yeah. and and it really wasn't funny. You know, wow. I mean, they take it very seriously. And and I mean, I think people should. I learned a, a good lesson from it. It's it's really around stress. You know what okay. they're what they're finding is that. Um, the 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 psilocybin can can reduce stress. They they do it in a micro um, fashion. It's done in a controlled environment. You've got a you've got a, a doctor there who's who's guiding you through the process or a, a psychiatrist, and um, <clears throat> there's showing success in, wow. in those cases. Now it's early, right? Right. So um, still a lot to learn, but but pretty groundbreaking.
1: Now, um, where can people go to listen to this podcast?
0: Because I think that's really
1: fantastic. You uh you know, the fact that you Right, I'd be cracking jokes too. This is wild.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> at first I had a whole podcast. It was very funny. But uh it quickly <laughs> that quickly ended. Um yeah, uh we do I do a podcast every other week. Uh I do it with um our editor Nicole Vulcan. Uh I used to do it with Laurel Bronze. That podcast was done with Laurel Bronze and um it's the Bend, Don't Break podcast. You can find it on our website. That will definitely be in the archives. It was a year ago, I think.
1: Wonderful. I think that'd be a great place to start if you're really curious about psilocybin and the future yeah. of it. Yeah. Coming up next, Aaron, let's give a little tease on uh, what impactful and important story of 2021 we'll be discussing next.
0: Yeah, the uh, lack of uh, recruits for jobs. I mean, that has been the most consistent story, I think, over the entire year. Uh,
1: Absolutely, And it's kind of bleeding into this year. Yep. Yep. We'll talk more about it next. All the hits, 107.7 The Beat. Okay, Aaron, we're talking about the next impactful and important story of 2021, which is now hiring all positions, all shifts.
0: Yeah, we were kind of talking off air a little bit about the fact that um, it's a conundrum, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, people are um, certainly, you know, COVID disrupted that process. And, you know, there's a lot of theories about where these workers went. Are they sitting on the sidelines, you know, not collecting unemployment and just off the rolls right. with, where you can't find them? Um, I think there were a lot of boomers that retired early or took, took options. So they left the workforce, but the kind of numbers that, that we're seeing, you know, the, the <clears throat> spike in, in hiring and the fact that Ben's booming and needs workers. And, right. Right. I mean, just on, just in our job, I mean, when we used to put out uh job notices, you you could guarantee you were going to get 50 to 60 people for wow. a given position i mean it was somewhat of a they're very very rare jobs and yeah, somewhat sought after even on the event company side i mean Absolutely. people like that kind of work and um now we'll get four to five. Oh, oh you're kidding you know, and you'll you know that that definitely shapes the kind of uh kind of workforce you're gonna have and it's i think true. that's a You know, I hear that a lot out
1: there. But do you think, you know, are you uh, like businesses? Are they willing to hire somebody with lack of experience just to get a body in the door to help them out? Um, Be able to maybe, you know, the upside of that is that you can really train somebody from the get go, you know? Absolutely. Um, But on the flip, it's just interesting. This whole ripple effect. And I think you make a really good point. I think a lot of people are retired because for the longest time we used to say, oh, they're getting so much money on unemployment. Why would they want to go back to work? Well, now that's not happening anymore, but we're still having a hard time filling these positions.
0: Yeah, I don't have a lot of data to back up the hunch that I have that Um, You know, we knew this was coming. I mean, boomer means, you know, this was a a mushroom of population base. And um, they're of retirement age are are really close The 60, 65. A lot of people were sticking it out. I think with COVID, a lot of them took that option to say enough is enough. I'll I'll sit out. Maybe they'll return. Um, I think from a management perspective, what you were talking about before, you know, great training them from the ground up is, uh, you know, everybody's getting very creative. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not just about throw. I mean, we heard the stories about all the cash that people were throwing for entry-level positions and people like, Oh, oh my right, gosh, yeah. we're not going to, and, and that's driving some inflation for sure. But you know, you, as a manager, I, I, I think what a lot, what we're seeing in a lot of discussion groups I'm in, um, you got to get creative. You got to get creative on, on how you treat your employees, what kind of you know, environment you create for them so that they feel like sticking around. I mean, that's the biggest thing is no one wants to hire. What you want to do is retain right now and, um, you know, do everything you can to retain and, and uh, in this environment and, you know, heaven help you if you can't.
1: Yeah. Are there any, you know, things that maybe the source has done differently in the last year for their employees or considered?
0: You know, it's, it's for me, it's really what it looks like now, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> last year it's pretty unique. I think we'll all look back on, you know, the past two years and in, in terms of working and um, you just tried to be as flexible as possible, sure. you know, like work, you, you know, you're getting VPN and people are working from home and yeah. you know, working in the office and you got hybrids and you're trying to coordinate everybody and you're working twice as hard on zoom. And oh, gosh. I mean, if I never get on another zoom meeting, <laughs> I, it'll be too soon, but I bet, <laughs> but you know, that's just part of, part of what we do now. And right. And I think that's, you know, I don't, I don't think we did anything different. I think we did exactly what everybody else was doing, which was just, you know, just worked extra hard and, and tried to make it happen. I mean, we're not, you know, thankfully in the essential, I mean, we were considered an essential service as a newspaper. Sure. I'm sure you were too. And so we kept working through it. Um, but we're, you know, we're going, it's, we're long haulers now in the in the work sense. And, yeah, no kidding. And so, um, you know, that's definitely having an impact. Like where, you know, where is everybody's head now as we're into two years and you're still looking at in-office restrictions and sure. still some work from home and more Zoomers. And, uh, yeah, no kidding.
1: Know. So do you have a lot of uh, folks that are working
0: hybrid? Not so much. Okay. You know, we've, at this point, we've been able to move most people back to full-time office work. So that's been refreshing. I mean, we're, you know, putting out a newspaper is a a collaborative effort Totally. and it's creative and, and you got to be discussing issues and design. And so having everybody back is really awesome. And, and I think it's great for everybody's mental health.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I'm so glad (laughs) to be back in the office. (laughs) It's very lonely at home. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The year in review continues impactful and important stories of 2021. Aaron, what is next?
0: We are going to talk affordable housing, which is such a keyword. Yeah, again another uh story quote that that just doesn't go away. No. It's, nope. it's and, and getting worse. So
1: So great. More fun news coming up next. <laughs> All the hits, 1077 The Beat, Aaron Schweitzer, the publisher of The Source Weekly, helping us with an impactful and important stories of 2021. You're in review, and uh, now we're talking affordable housing. Yeah, which is which has been kind of a topic for some time now, and I can already feel it going into 2022, which is good. We want this topic to be at the top of mind. Yes, for sure, <laughs> it's not going away. We're going
0: to be discussing it,
1: <laughs> which is good. We need it. <laughs> yeah, um, but let's talk about maybe this last year and kind of some um, improvements towards getting some more affordable housing in the area. Yeah.
0: I mean, when it comes to affordable housing, it's just, it's a very hard thing for anybody to get their hands around because you're talking about the free market for the most part when you're talking about, you know, what drives us, it's, uh, supply and demand and Ben just does not have a lot of supply. Right. So, I mean, I've seen, you know, as crazy as we keep watching, I think the, uh, mean house right now is like close to 600,000. Yes. I've heard that too. And it, and climbing and next year's forecast is that home prices are going to go up uh, not as much as in the past right but still going up and that still means climbing rents for people who are buying them um and converting them to rentals so um there are there is some relief that the government's trying to provide at the city and county level and and there is some affordable housing units that have come online but you know when you talk about what's happening in Redmond and you talk about what's happening even in Prineville Um, right you know these are places that are getting more expensive the homes are getting more expensive it means cost of living here is getting a lot more expensive and so I don't think that's going away.
1: <laughs> cool. Okay. We'll keep talking about that then. We'll do a year in review for 2022 yeah, right. and and, <laughs> and
0: I guarantee affordable housing will still be on the on the docket. I bet it will be. But
1: also a part of kind of housing, let's chat about Airbnb. Yeah. You kind of were telling me a little bit more about how that is becoming, you know, and it has been a top of mind for, you know, some of these neighborhoods that they've lived in for years, decades and these people are coming in buying the houses and having them as an Airbnb. Now, I know there's rules and restrictions you can't just put your house up on Airbnb. Sure, um, but what have you kind of seen over this last year?
0: Well, yeah, the story about you know, I think for those people who've lived here long enough to remember the pre you know pre Airbnb era, you know the the conversation was oh these are these are little party pods, but the larger impact of of having these vacation rentals and it's not just Airbnb is it pulls rental properties off the market. I mean, as you know, people are well aware if you're willing to put in the work, you know, they can be lucrative. They become side businesses for people. And, um, and there's every incentive in the world to not create rental properties for people who live and work here, but to create many hotels in these neighborhoods. And, you know, that's something that's really up for discussion in a lot of communities, especially, you know, in, in tourist destinations of, you know, that's, that certainly drives affordable housing uh, problems because yeah. there there's your supply. You have less supply for, for workers and more supply for tourists. And that's uh that's an issue. For yeah. Sure.
1: No kidding. Well, I guess it is the one like silver lining is that you can't just put your house up to have be a vacation rental. There are rules and regulations.
0: Absolutely. There's only so many, uh, the, uh, the, the, city regulates how many there can be. But that's the point of discussion is what is that number? How how many is is too many? Do we have too many? Should there be less? Right, right. When you're looking at an affordable housing crisis, if we were in a situation where we just needed more, a little bit more affordable housing, I don't think that it would be a a topic. But when you have an affordable housing crisis, which is what we call it, Mm -hmm. you have to take some drastic measures and that can mean, you know, restricting the number of licenses. And in some quarters, like what we've editorialized at the sources, as we're building out these parts of our community and putting new ones, lessening the number of these that are given given out. Maybe maybe cutting them all together until we get a handle on cost of living, expenses for people who work here. Like, you know, the food service industry, which is a big part of the tourist economy, <clears throat> has trouble getting workers. Why? It's extremely expensive to rent here. The, the pay yeah. that you're going to get for being a line cook or a, a server, sometimes even a bartender in this environment, right, um, is prohibitive. Yeah. So now you've got people who are living as far away as, like I said, Prineville. They're looking in La Pine. They're making that Camille. Well, that's gas. That's insurance. That's where and turn your car. And so you're, you're, you're making it very difficult as a community
1: very interesting aaron more interesting things coming up next you've lived in Bend for a long time
0: yeah 1990
1: 1990 i was born in 1990 so 31 years <laughs> which means- i
0: still don't get to call myself a local i still really get, i still get trumped all the time don't think that when you hit your 31 year mark here that that you'll be accepted by the hardcores.
1: I am so surprised. But I do think, you know, with your 31 years, uh, and you know, being a reporter and also very familiar with the surrounding areas, I've got a random fun question for you about streets or places in Central Oregon that are hard to pronounce or that people get kind of confused by.
0: Yeah, the I guess the ones that spring to mind are all the market roads. You know, you start getting a little bit outside the area and you're on butler market and you're like <laughs> yes. imagine that there must have been some big markets out here but th- I, there really were the roads to markets i think or something like that and so i'm still confused by them so Great. i imagine you know yeah and then funny <laughs> weird names like quimby you know like I, I don't know where who thought that was a good idea there, there must have been a quimby <laughs> ranch or farm and
1: something somebody's name right?
0: Obie riley
1: oh yeah you, <laughs> you know, know anything about Obie
0: riley O.B. Riley is my favorite road and Bend, uh, but I don't know anything about <laughs> O.B. Riley, but boy, is it beautiful over there. So. It really
1: is gorgeous.
0: And then like weird town stuff, you know, everybody like who can remember L.A. Pine before it was Lupine La Pine. <laughs> yes. And uh, I don't know if it was actually officially ever L.A. Pine, but that's what we called it. And, you know, you'd, it was a drive through and then you looked to the right and left and you knew something was going on back tucked <laughs> Away to the right <laughs> and the left sides of the road. There's stories there for sure. Uh, but I live in Tumalo now. And um, I mean, when we first moved to Tumalo, talk about, I, I can't think of a more changed part of Central Oregon. I mean, there used to be people would put teepees on their land. There would be little, little meth houses. Whoa. There would be... You know, little trailers parked here and there, all, all through the little 10-acre parcels that exist out there, and, and uh just a, a very kind of rough, yeah, rough, and now, I it's, mean, those properties are they're, skyrocketing.
1: One of the most desirable places to live in
0: Central Oregon. Right. And it, it had to be one of the least desirable, I think.
1: And not even <laughs> that, that long ago.
0: Right. And I mean, you, you can hear, you know, Patty Adair, when she was campaigning, talking about, you know, all the marijuana farms and... I I did have to laugh and I've said this to her is like it's not as rough as it used to be (laughs) like (laughs) that's nothing (laughs) that's nothing and it's legal so
1: (laughs) you wear many hats let's just say one big one that all of us have heard of if you didn't know and I just found out Aaron Schweitzer created and started Lay It Out Events
0: yeah I'm the quote producer at Lay It Out Events
1: that's a really big deal (laughs)
0: Well it's a it's a fun it it started as, you know, like all media have um promotional arms and at the time I had um, several people who were just very good at events within the company and so we 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 did some smaller stuff, some movies and some some parties. We did last comic standing little fun stuff. But then we we did the Bite of Bend, which was our first festival and, and we had A lot of success with the bite of bend um and that just grew and from there we started adding festivals and doing partnerships with with event companies and now we do balloons over bend Bite of bend summer festival fall festival theater in the park was one we started that's actually one of my favorites if not my favorite event which is if you haven't been to theater park i really encourage that's in drake park isn't it it is it's two nights of theater it's usually um musical theater it's been great uh, and
1: it's on this in the summer so it's like a really lovely warm
0: evening yeah and- you're looking out at the river right there as a oh. backdrop it's usually we pick something fun like into the woods which kind of pairs with being outside <laughs> yes, yeah. you know and so <laughs> Um, that's been a great grant Little Woody Brew Festival is f- super fun. Um, there are so many now yeah. that you're listing them and like you can do some runs too. Yeah, we do, uh, and Aspen and Salmon Run and the Happy Girls Runs. Um, and oh we're doing gosh. a, this year will be the first year we're launching a Redmond run, Redmond Half Marathon and wow. 10K. So if any of your Redmond people are out there listening, you you've, you've you're going to have a race this year.
1: That is so cool. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I have so many questions on that. You're just going to have to come back because yeah. I have so many questions on how the heck do you run so many massive events with something that just started
0: as an arm? Well, it's <laughs> just incredible crew. Like, yeah. you've got to have good people or you, you will lose your mind. For sure. <laughs> I mean, Winterfest is our big one that's coming up. It's at uh, the Shoots County Expo Center, February 18th. And um, it's going to be a, a ton of fun. Bone Thugs and Harmony and Choir Riot. and
1: What? Oh Yeah. Oh, that's the first time I've ever heard Bone Thugs and Harmony's coming. Yeah. How do you get these amazing artists?
0: Uh, All really the right people really you know good talent time. agencies help <laughs> us out for sure.
1: <laughs> and tell me again the weekends of winter, weekend of Winterfest. It's coming up soon.
0: February 18th. So fun. And it's yep. going to be at the fairgrounds President's this year,
1: been. which is switching up venue, but this venue is going to be huge.
0: Oh, it's huge. It's got you know, indoor buildings, outdoor buildings, everybody can find their comfort level yeah. if you want to stay outside and be distanced. It's great if you go inside. You can get warm now. Yeah. <clears throat> we were, we used to be in tents. Now we're in buildings. I, I feel like that's an evolution.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Aaron Switzer, the publisher of The Source Weekly, what a special guest. Thank you so much. If you're just catching this show right now, remember I saved the show as a podcast. You can search Megan in the Morning on the, all different podcast platforms. Before I say goodbye, however, speaking of podcasts, Aaron, you have an amazing, one tell me all about it before we go
0: uh it's called ben don't break and we do it every other week i do it with my editor nicole vulcan and um always fun guests we get politicians. We, I like to pull people from universities and talk about things like psilocybin and affordable housing and, you know, all those really riveting yeah. topics. But at least you're meeting and talking to the people who are shaping those policies.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Aaron, for spending your morning with me. I super appreciate it. And I can't wait to have you back in again. Hey, for
0: people who don't know, Megan is extremely prepared. <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Megan in the Morning podcast. Catch the show live weekdays from 6 to 10 on 1077 The Beat.